Welcome to the Going For Two podcast, a podcast with two hosts who are experts in fields other than what they're going to talk about on the podcast. So uh, if you came for expert analysis on the sports world, you have come to a place that's going to try and come a little bit short. But you know what? We're going to have fun and uh, we're looking forward to it. Ben, I see that we've been joined on our Zoom call. Have we been hacked? Is that is that what's going on? I don't think we've been hacked. At least if we have three participants, we're good. If we have four, then yes, we've been hacked. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if anybody ends up happening, hacking our Zoom call, you're totally welcome to just chat with us about sports. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll put it on. You don't have to know about sports if you're on the show, according to you and me. Um, <laughs> but no, we've got a super cool guest on the show, a very unique guest. Uh, as you listeners probably know, the past about three episodes have been a series that Logan and I have been doing where we have been uh, interviewing some of uh, the guests and uh, some of them are friends, some of them are very knowledgeable within the sports journalism media fields um, that we've just taken the time during kind of this hiatus from sports to bring on some people that maybe know a little bit more about the topics that we're discussing. So we're taking advantage of that and we're taking advantage of that uh, again tonight with a very unique guest. Uh, I will let him introduce himself in just a second, but I will uh, take a stab at first introducing our guest. His name is Andrew Danowitz. He is uh, the curator and uh, operator of the Instagram page Duke Wave. So uh, if that sounds familiar and you're a Duke fan, it's probably because you follow his page and you may not even realize it. Um, he curates a lot of fantastic content uh, about the uh, Duke basketball program. Uh, I believe last I checked, uh, the page had about 50,000 followers, so has a very widespread audience. And as you can tell from uh, the content that's put out on that page, extremely knowledgeable about Duke basketball. So we're really excited to just bring him on talking about the page tonight and just talking about all things Duke basketball. So Andrew, welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, thank you guys for having me first off. And so yeah, just building up what or building off what you were saying. I've been running that account Duke Wave for about seven years now. And I recently started last year in the fall as a student at Duke too. So that's helped increase the quality of my content too. Wow, that's awesome. So you've been a Duke fan your whole life, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad also actually went to Duke. So I, I nice. grew up being a Duke fan and okay. I watched all the games when I was young, pretty much. Did you gotcha. Yeah. I've been, you know, I've following the page and I've been more cognizant since I knew we were having you on the show about the stories and the things that you've been posting and it's very impressive the depth of knowledge that you have about Duke basketball, um, you. which it, it, it makes for a very good uh, Instagram page. Uh, it's very interactive. So, so that's interesting. So you said you uh, started what when you were about 12, 13 years old running that page? Yeah, it was uh, around seventh or eighth grade. So wow. around that age. That's, yeah, that's amazing. So how? So can you tell us a little bit about how are you approach? with that opportunity and uh what that looked like from the beginning because i'm interested to hear about you know how it turned in from an idea at one point and blossomed into what it is now are you saying how like the opportunity with wave or just the opportunity with the account with the yeah. account okay uh, so yeah so it was the middle of the season i'm pretty sure it was around december 
I don't exactly know uh, what year exactly. I feel like it was maybe the 2013 season. And I just, like, I watched all the games. I was I was younger. But I just wanted to, like, do something more kind of. And Instagram was relatively new at that time. And I, I was starting to get into it and just, like, I enjoyed being on it. I was on it all the time. So I was like, why not just make a Duke page where I could just, like, talk about my opinions and post content regarding to the team. So I made that. And at first it was just – random pictures and nothing too special and it, I mean it took a while to like build an audience but I just kept doing it as the season grew or as, as the seasons went on and eventually I ended up with like 20,000 followers and I believe I was a sophomore in high school and so then a uh, wave approached me and told me they they want to buy out my account and then hire me as a independent contractor just to run the account and post pretty consistently so then like over the years I've like I've gained more resources and like I got into Photoshop and Premiere Pro as well so yeah it's pretty much the gist of it gotcha so you created it and then Wave approached you that's pretty cool when did uh what year did Wave approach you um I want to say it was 2017 in the summer okay uh, yeah. so you had that account for you know five or six years or so before they started to yeah you. yeah around oh. that yeah that's cool man that's awesome and i yeah. figure you must really enjoy doing it yeah no i've been a big fan forever so i was like i, w- I wanted to be more involved somehow definitely have you ever had any like celebrities or athletes or anybody uh interact with you on that page yeah so that's a good question um I a, a good amount of them follow me, or I wouldn't say a good amount, but a decent amount follow me. Like uh, Jay Williams follows, Jack White follows, uh, okay. a couple of the Walk On guys follow, uh, Carlos Boozer follows me. So like I've been pretty. It's a lot of the older Duke players are more mm-hmm. involved, I would say, but a few of the young ones as well. I've also like I've had the chance to I've emailed Carlos Boozer before. I've made like a highlight tape for him. Um, oh, and I got, I got to interview, uh, Cam Reddish, uh, oh, yeah? and Sheldon Williams also. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. So you must have been pretty young when you interviewed Sheldon Williams. Um, oh no, no, no. It was, it was like more recently. Was actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, not, <laughs> not during when he was at Duke. No, gotcha. I was going to say. Um, this fall, I believe. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's sweet. So what, what was your most interesting interaction like, I mean, you know, With my first player, you'd say, yeah, I think my first thought is like, what's, you know, Jay Williams, like what's Cam Reddish, like what's Carlos Boozer, like, you know, so yeah, um, which players kind of stood out to you the most? I mean, I actually interviewed Cam when he was in high school, a senior, mm-hmm. like as he committed to Duke. So mm-hmm. he, it was pretty interesting being around him because I, I live, uh, relatively near where Cam went to high school so I just drove over there and gotcha. did it at his high school and uh he was just a pretty chill like laid-back dude like that was probably like the the most meaningful one I've had I guess or not meaningful but like the biggest one I'd mm-hmm. say I had um and I've had like some of them I would say other interactions or just comments on my page like 
Nolan mm-hmm. Smith. Will call, one time I did like a ranking of uh, the top ten Duke point guards of all time, mm-hmm. and Nolan Smith comments. So I put, you know, Dick Grote. He's an older ah. Duke mm-hmm. player. So I put Dick Grote fifth and Nolan Smith sixth, I believe. Ah. And Nolan Smith comments, I drop forty on Dick Grote any night of the week. So. <laughs> That was just a funny comment. Like, there's stuff like that that people – like, it. only the older players, I'd say, would comment. I wouldn't say often, but occasionally. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's – I've DM'd some of them. That, that's probably the main inter- – I would say the main interaction I've had, though, yeah. So, we – Duke just got – not. I don't want to say got rid of, but just went through the – short-lived Zion era. Did you see in your content a swell of engagement with content centered around Zion? Because he was such a sensation. So, totally. Um, From, like, 2016, 2018, it was, like, constantly – it was, like, linear growth, I'd say, just because, like, the page was expanding. I was getting more followers. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, like, during that season, I was just getting unbelievably high video views, just likes, reach, all that in general. So, I was just, like – I was, like, maybe, like, my page just taken off, like, just because it's been growing each year. But then back after Zion left this year – I wouldn't, it was it wasn't like drastically down, but like the numbers were clearly not as high as they were last year. So it was right. So it was the Zion, maybe even RJ Barrett effects. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good question. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's probably when I started following you. During yeah. The Zion era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I probably saw one of your videos and I was like, oh, this is an instant follow. Um, <laughs> dang, that's cool though, man. So what's what's your goal like going? Are you interested in like sports media, sports um, journalism, or? I would maybe a little bit sports journalism. Uh, I'd say more of like sports media, I guess. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know like exactly. Yet. Like I'm doing a an internship with Wave actually this summer. Not just do like not just for Duke Wave. Like I'm helping out with mm-hmm. some of their bigger accounts. Like I don't know if you've seen like. It's called Add Buckets or uh, Break Ankles Daily on Instagram. I'm helping out yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. So, oh, nice. um, stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if that's like necessarily what I'd want to do as like a profession, but mm-hmm. it's it's something I'm interested in. And like, it could probably open doors to other things, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we just spoke about your future for the next you know, 10 to 20 years as a, prof- as a profession, mm-hmm. but you're kind of in a very unique place where you run this um, highly subscribed to Duke page. And now you have the opportunity to go to Duke and to be on campus. Um, and so are you, were you were a freshman this past year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Were you able to go to any of the games? I'm pretty sure I went to every home game. Uh, Did you? I was on That's campus awesome. for, so just not like went to break and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. So do you have anything in the works about, you know, now that you're on campus and uh, with, with the, the Duke team or, um, so I tried beginning before my freshman year, like I reached out to a couple of the Duke media members and they said they were full for next year. So I, I haven't 
spoken with them since, but I actually think I'm going to be helping out with the Duke. I'm not 100% sure, but most likely I'm going to be helping out with the Duke football video department for next awesome. year. Gotcha. And then hopefully, like, after doing that, maybe I'll I'll be able to, like, email uh, the basketball team again and just reach out to a couple more guys. And eventually down the line, I do want to do something with the team, though, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And that's – man, I'm jealous. I got to go to uh, three games when I was in grad school there. Okay. So when did, to, uh, when did you go to grad school? Um, I went uh, from 2016 to 2018. Okay. Um, so it was like – Grace and Allen's yeah. later years and um but so that was pretty cool um I think when I went they played Florida State Notre Dame and Pitt so got to see some you know okay. good ACC yeah. action so but yeah it's it's an awesome environment um mm-hmm. and Logan I hope one day you'll get to come up to the triangle and go to a game with me but I'm not a student For now sure. so yeah. it's a little bit more pricey if you're not a student yeah totally yeah um what did uh what did you study in grad school so i got my master's of science in global health oh okay Mm -hmm. yeah so it was a two-year program so i was there for a couple years and it was awesome and i'm still in the durham area um working around duke with a bunch of people at duke so so very much a big part of my life um yeah but that's awesome man that sounds like some really cool stuff in the works um one of the you know, things that I want to take advantage of when having you on is that you're a Duke basketball player, or player <laughs> that you're a Duke basketball fan. And I want to pick your brain because you are so knowledgeable about the team. Uh, you know, this isn't something that we don't have a ton of people come on the show that know as much about any topic, um, let alone Duke basketball as you do. So I want to make sure to, to ask you some of those questions that a lot of people are wondering about. Um, so transitioning into next year, actually, let's, let's circle back. So before we get into this next class um, and the team coming up for the 2020-21 season, mm-hmm. if COVID didn't hit, where would Duke have finished in the tournament? Um, I don't necessarily want to say, like, I'd give them a place of where I think they'd finish. I think it would have been at least uh, an Elite Eight team, at least. Um, I think it was a really well-rounded team. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think they would have been upset early in one of the first two rounds, but then saying that, I don't know if it was necessarily a talented enough team to win it all, but I don't, I, who, last season, like there was, it was kind of, there wasn't like a dominant team per se. So, I mean, I guess it really could have been anyone, but I don't know. I would say Elite Eight, maybe Final Four. That's that's my guess. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think somewhere around there. You know, the Duke fan in me obviously wants to say that they would have won the whole yeah. thing. But I think, I, I mean, you know, they didn't have as big of a presence uh, as they did with like Zion and RJ oh, yeah, yeah. and um, Bagley before that. So, you know, I think – they were pretty mercurial in their play sometimes. They could be really hot or really cold yeah, depending on the true. night. And then we really saw that, like, especially in some of their ACC play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think they would probably hit a hot streak because they tend to play better in the tournament. But I would yeah. say that they would probably end up finishing somewhere around the Elite Eight, maybe Final yeah. Four or so. so. I mean, yeah, it's hard to hard to tell, though. But 
Yeah, for sure. I was excited though. I was I was super pumped, but yeah, you know, sucks. And, yeah. It's March Madness sure. is one of those things that you just look forward to all year, and then mm-hmm. when it gets yeah. canceled, like right then and there, just, it was horrible. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So now that we've you know uh, lamented about March Madness, let's focus on the 2021 soon to be uh, national championship uh, champions, the Duke Blue Devils. And their their class coming in, they've got some. They've got an interesting class that was coming in. They've got you know Jalen Johnson. They've got DJ Stewart. They've got Jeremy Roach. Who fun fact, Jeremy Roach um, played at PBI, which is um, down this just down the street from where I went to um, high school and where oh. I grew up in Chantilly High School. Um, so, which we did reach out to Jeremy Roach, and there was no avail. So, Jeremy, if you see this posted or and want to come on the show you're we extend that invite to you um exclusive but, yeah that's an, exclusive. that's does it go out to everybody yeah right so um andrew i'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on this incoming uh freshman class um i think the freshman class is good i think it's it's i mean it's one of it is i think the first time in a while where we haven't had a top 10 recruit coming in but in all honestly I don't think that matters at all because Jalen Johnson should be a top 10 recruit he just didn't play much of his high school year season so that obviously hurt his rankings he's the top five talent um and I think Jeremy Roach is a great guy to fill Trey Jones' shoes he's great defensive point guard and he really gets everyone involved Stewart's Going to be a great shooter, great scorer. Um, let's see who else we got. Williams. He's gonna be. He's gonna have to be big next year because we're losing two of our. Yeah. yeah, two of our bigs. So, it's kind of. I know some people have thought that maybe he he might not be ready right off the bat, but I'm kind of. I'm kind of interested to see what ends up happening with him, and then Brakefield and Coleman. I both. Think they'll they're kind of more like four year players, but um, I think they will have some type of impact next year. Um, as for the team as a whole goes, I would say record wise, it'll probably be somewhat similar to this season or last season. Um, that's my guess, but I think uh, what's it called? It's it's always hard to tell like how how the freshman will develop ahead of time, so. Like, obviously, someone – every season, someone's going to be better than you expected and someone's going to be worse than you expected. So, like – I but I, if I had to say taking that all into account, I would say record-wise it's going to be similar to last season. Yeah. Yeah, they're an interesting team coming in, and this recruiting class is interesting because they don't really have, like you were saying, that star power recruit or multiple mm-hmm. star recruits coming in. Um, they're a little bit more – even across the board. Yeah, ranking. I I do think Jalen Johnson will end up being a star type player, but yeah. ranking wise, yeah, there's no like dominant star like we've had in the past. Yeah. Yeah, that was my next question for you. Who you think would be yeah. most impactful? Oh, uh, I I definitely think it's gonna be Jalen Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. he's he's really slept on the rankings and like some mock 2021 mock drafts have him the top three pick like. He was he was a monster his first three years of high school. He's he's just got like the complete package in my opinion. And I think it's gonna translate really well to college right off the bat. 
yeah, yeah. Is there be any, are there any Duke players that decided to to come back because of the COVID situation? Um, yeah. So Wendell Moore and Matt Hurt are coming back. I wouldn't necessarily attribute that to COVID necessarily. Like there were speculations before the tournament got canceled that. Wendell Moore was probably going to come back regardless because he wasn't okay. quite ready to go to the league. And then Matt Hurt, it was kind of 50-50, but he ended mm-hmm. up deciding to come back, which I think he's going to be very good next year as well. Yeah, I think the you know, with Cassius Stanley and Trey Jones leaving, I think, you know, yeah. people were wondering, you know, Cassius Stanley. People knew that Trey Jones was going to go to the league. Yeah. But my heart goes out to specifically Trey Jones because, you know, he wanted to come back. Yeah, that was tough. Championship. Mm. Yeah, and obviously wasn't able to do that. Um, so, you know, talking about who would be your favorite player this season to keep an eye on, you know, you said Jalen Johnson. Um, and you mentioned earlier that you have um, a long history of following Duke closely. Your dad went to Duke, so I'm sure you've been a Duke fan basically your entire life. Who's your all-time favorite Duke player? So that's a good question. Also, all-time, I would say Christian Leitner, just because what he's brought to the program and just what he represents. Um, I would say during, like, the the era that I've watched for so like that I can remember from like 2012 2013 to now it'd probably have to be Grayson Allen <laughs> just because <Okay. just> also <laughs> uh, like I, I love how he just embraces the hate and like that he had so many haters but like he still was just a legend in his career at Duke he saved us in the 2015 national championship game yeah. and then he just kind of took off from there and it was just blast watching him play three years at such a high level so. yeah for sure man you are a duke fan with leitner and Grace. yeah Grace. <laughs> i just kind of embrace it people yeah. say that that's awesome yeah no i love it yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've, been a, I've been a big jj reddick fan for a long time okay. yeah he's love, another one he's probably love third watching on him the list um, of yeah. most hated duke fans. yeah <laughs> i the the big debate when he was there was who's the better player him or Adam Morrison, wasn't that the other guy's name from Gonzaga? Oh, and, yeah. And, and now he's ball. like, yeah. where I don't know where Adam Morrison is, coaching high school or something, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he's, con- he's considered like one of the top five busts or something in NBA history, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Yeah, and in the meantime, JJ's still playing strong in the NBA, which is a good segue to our next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all the Duke guys that are in the NBA, and there's a lot with – you know, veterans like J.J. Redick and uh, rookies like Zion. So out of everyone in the NBA that came from Duke, which one do you think will have the best career? So, like, current, like currently in the NBA? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, right now it's Kyrie, but I think one, and like if we fast forward 15, 20 years, I do think it's going to be Zion. Uh, he's just so talented. If he stays healthy, he's just so talented, and he's a he's a different creature. Like no one's seen anything like that before. And I I do think I don't know if he'll necessarily like I've people comparing to LeBron and stuff. I don't know if he's gonna be quite that level, but like I think he'll be within that within near that tier. So you think he'll be better than Jason Tatum as a pro? I do. Yeah. 
not I don't think he is right now, but I maybe four or five years. Okay. I think he will be. Yeah, maybe less even. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's Tatum something we chatted about. Oops, sorry. No, you're good. I was just gonna say that's something we chatted about on a couple of podcasts ago when we were talking about Zion's future. And mm-hmm. our concern was the same concern that it sounds like you have is just staying healthy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think Tatum would be number two, though. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, when uh, Jason Tatum was at Duke the last season that he was there, um, I can't remember if he was one and done, but um, he, was, yeah. he was. Yeah, okay. So when he was there, his his first that first half of the season, I remember just being so frustrated with him because he was so – yeah. You know, he he would miss wide open layups and just kind of didn't know how to control his body well. But then the last season and going into the tournament, or the last half of the season going into the tournament, mm-hmm. he really got more control of his body, ran things yeah. up. And he I was like, run, the AC yeah. tournament. He did. Yeah. Game, yeah. That was, now they won it when he was. Yeah. They won, what was it? Right? Four that's games right. in four days. That was like yeah. That's right. The first team to do that or something. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So before we let you go, I want to get your description as someone who has attended a Duke Carolina game uh, at Cameron Indoor. Tell us a little bit about what that environment is like, because I know a lot of people listening to this podcast would love to be there, but yeah. would can will settle for hearing someone <laughs> witness it firsthand. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Like all the, all the hype that goes into it, it's just totally worth it, I would say. And, like, there's just nothing like it. How la- – like, compared to all r- regular games, uh, it's just so much louder. And the crowd just is insane. And it's one of the greatest rivalries in sports. So, I mean, what there's yeah. what's there not to like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I'm jealous. I hope to go one day, but I may not be able to. So I'll just live through you. It it sounds like it's almost as big as my high school and their rival Canton. So <laughs> Van and Canton, yeah, kind of similar, probably. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> probably is for sure. Yeah, that's definitely not the first time those two have been compared. I no, sure. no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Andrew, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, thanks for continuing to curate such great content on your page. I'm a big fan of it, and hopefully our listeners will go and follow your page. If you want to follow him, you can follow his page at duke.wave, W-A-V-E. Uh, posts a lot of really, really good content frequently throughout the day. And as we talked about, very interactive with his followers so go give him and his page a follow um andrew it's been a ton of fun we really appreciate you coming on the show if you want to if anybody wants to go and uh follow us on social media you can do so you can follow us at twitter uh at going for two underscore pod or you can like our page and follow us on instagram that's at going for two underscore podcast on instagram we are available on apple podcast spotify and anywhere else you get podcasts andrew thanks for coming on man um we hope you have a a great rest of your summer and that you're able to start uh school again in the fall at duke and enjoy some of those in-person duke basketball games yeah thank you guys so much for having me again yeah for sure all right man have a good one
Chao.